Welcome to Nomad Yarners, the Yarn Truck Podcast. We're Erica and Dave, a husband and wife mobile yarn shop owners, bringing you tales from the road, adventures in fiber arts with a little bit of the rest of life thrown in. This is episode 109, recorded the first week of July 2020. Today's episodes include what you're working on and where's Nomads. Sit back, get comfy, and enjoy the show. So Erica, what have you been working on this week? It's the pattern that I started last week. Um, It is Castle of Dreams, a knitting shawl pattern uh, by Jimmy Knits on Ravelry. Um, It's a like start at one, start at the small end of of the triangle, um, get bigger to the middle and then decrease back down again. It's a real open um, like knit two together yarn over mesh kind of pattern with a beaded edging that I'm really liking and enjoying working on. Got light little swoopy on the side of it yeah little sticky outy triangles that you put beads on um and i'm doing it out of my hand spun yarn um that's a sort of a stripe um a casual stripe um with that's variegated or that is plied together with a commercial yarn that's a solid color like a teal so the yarn um has that like barber pole look uh, with the teal consistently through it and it's got like a yellow and a red and a blue and a green very muted rainbow kind of look to it yeah um so i'm enjoying it i'm i don't know um i'm at least a third of the way uh looks about a third done you're getting onto the middle yeah um and it's kind of a yeah i mean the once you understand how the pattern works it you can repeat it as many times as you want to i think it tells you to do 10 of the like little triangle danglies um and i think i've got like six done or something um but i mean you can do as many as you want and then you start the decreases to go back the other side you're only eight so yeah you're a third way through easily yep um but every one does get bigger than the one before as the triangle gets wider um and i have quite a bit of this yarn left so honestly what i might do Uh, This would have worked better if I would have planned this before right this minute. Um, I like to use all of the yarn. So a way to do that is to weigh your yarn before you start and then use half of it. Um, When you, I'm assuming that this was a hundred grams gain of yarn and then a four ounce braid of fiber. Um, So I could do the math and figure out how many yards I have or how how much weight I had to start with and then weigh the ball that's left. Um, Or I could weigh the ball plus the project and then subtract the weight of the needles that are in the project. And the Oh, and the beads. I forgot about the beads. Yeah, that's probably too much trouble. I'll probably just eyeball it. (laughs) I think I can actually double check. I think I have a smaller skein of this yarn as well. Like when I was spinning it, I'd had more than just one bobbins full. Um, So what I might do is try to eyeball this and guess when this skein is about half done and then know that if I guess wrong, I still have some some yarn in another skein. Um, or I might just look at it and see when it's as big as I want it to be. Because um, you can make shawls that are too big to be practically able to be worn. Or you might get bored halfway through and then leave it for three years. Yeah, or that, which is probably <laughs> the most likely. Um, but I'm enjoying working on it a lot. Um, and then I last night I finished the a tiny, tiny mini sweater. It sits on the end of my water bottle. It's it's uh, I'm admiring it right now. Um, it's very stinking cute. It really is. And completely pointless. What are you ever going to do with this? The reason that it exists um, is because 
more than a year ago, I started knitting a sweater for me um, out of our palette yarn, the micro skeins. I used 10 colors of those and then a solid background color. Um, so it's kind of a, a rainbow um, effect. And then the, the background color that I used was blue. Um, and I really loved it. I've gotten lots of compliments on it. I finished it in the fall. Yeah, I finished the sweater in the spring. I finished the sweater several months ago. Um, and, <laughs> it's right in the middle of winter, I think. And wore it several times when it was cold outside. Um, and I had never finished writing the pattern. Like I take notes as I'm making it. Um, and, but then you have to turn the notes that make sense to me into a knitting pattern that makes sense to regular people. Um, and I hadn't ever done that. Um, and when we release patterns, we like to release, uh, video tutorials as well. Um, as I have taught a bunch of classes and also worked behind the counter of our yarn store for 10 years. Um, I definitely know when I'm writing a pattern, when I write a phrase, um, like join in the round, being careful not to twist. I know how many people have come in saying, I don't know what this means. Help me. Um, that when I'm writing a pattern, and I write something, I think I know that people, there will be some people that don't quite know how to approach this. And so I make a little notation in the pattern to do a video. Um, and then I record myself doing the thing and, and put that little symbol in the pattern so that you can go and watch the video um, when you're, when you get stuck on that place in the pattern. I really wanted to add that feature to our patterns when we closed our brick and mortar yarn shop, um, just because I knew then people wouldn't be able to come into the yarn shop for help with the patterns. Um, plus all of the people that we reached that aren't close enough to have been able to do that anyway. Um, so when you have finished your sweater, like six months before you record the videos, you cannot record yourself on the actual sweater doing the videos. Plus a sweater out of fingering weight yarn in an extra large size takes a long time to get to the end of the row. Um, and that can be quite dull to watch like a 20 minute video of somebody knitting a full sized adult sweater. So I cast on a teeny tiny, like this isn't even a baby size sweater. This is a like Barbie doll sized sweater. Um, so then I could do my videos and show it with the same yarn and the same colors, but where you didn't have to watch me knit for 20 minutes to get to the end of the round. So that is why this sweater exists. Now I didn't need to finish the sweater. I didn't, I didn't need to like, I, I needed to show how to pick up the sleeves, but I didn't really need to finish knitting the sleeves, but I had gotten that far and I thought it was cute. So I did finish knitting the sleeves. Um, it's really cute. It is. So that, that was the project so that I finished. So do you want to tell everyone more about the sweater and when it will be available? I should do that. Um, can you tell I'm bad at selling things. Um, the sweater is called the Canna sweater, C-A-N-N-A, -A, um, because the colors that I chose kind of like Canna lilies, um, which are flowers that I really like. Um, there's a, a variety that has a uh, leaf, like the foliage has those sort of stripes and the bright colors. Um, and I'm very into plants and flowers right now. So that is what the sweater is called. It is by me, Erica Kempf Broughton. It will be up on Ravelry. It is completely finished, including the videos and the editing and everything. And it is actually, um, available for our 
the people who ordered our festival season box for this year, our, our subscription box, um, because that came with 12 skeins of palette uh, or with 10 skeins of the palette, the micro skeins um, that would work up well with a sock yarn to make this, this sweater if they wanted to. Um, so that pattern we made available to them first as a perk of ordering the box. Um, it will be up on Ravelry um, probably this weekend. We'll probably put it, put it live on Sunday. Um, so that's going to be the 5th of July. So Sunday the 5th of July, look for the Canna sweater up on Ravelry. Mm -hmm. um, and that uses my palette micro skeins. And then um, we paired it with Malabrigo sock, but you could use any um, solid or semi-solid sock yarn. Um, I have plans to bring out uh, my own semi-solid sock in the future. Um, so eventually we'll be able to do it all out of Nomad yarns. Um, so yeah, go and check that out when it's up. Um, and if you are signed up to our full retreat this year, if you signed up early, I will be sending you a copy of that pattern too. Um, we'll have more information about what's happening with the full retreat coming out to everyone very soon. Erica, what else have you been working on? Um, I jumped back into the sewing room uh, for a bit. I wanted to make myself... So our four-year-old came home from my mom's house with a... Um, like a caftan style shirt. It's basically like a square fabric with two seams sewn down the side and a neck hole cut. And I just thought she looked so cute and that garment looked so comfortable um, and like airy and breezy. It's stupid hot right now um, that I wanted one for me. So um, I pulled out fabric to try to do that from. Um, and there several weeks ago, or geez, it may have been a month ago or more now, um, there was a, um, a like a challenge or a, just a, it's the hashtag sewing car fabric on Instagram um, that was run um, and a bunch of people participated just showing off the cool things that they had done with this fabric. It's sometimes also called um, Holland wax print, African wax print. It's very, very vibrant colors and um, really like bold geometric, often geometric patterns. Um, and it's a hundred percent cotton. It's just a, it feels nice and it's really, really striking and, and beautiful. Um, but I, and Dave got me some of this fabric, I mean, years ago, I think for my birthday, like four years ago or something. And I've always loved the fabric, but I didn't ever know quite what to do with it. So I decided it would be perfect to make myself this like caftan style, um, toppy dressy thing. Um, and so I cut the, cut the pieces out and realized that the width of the panel that this, so this is the, the pattern of the fabric that I have has a big tree on it on like a yellow and white background with like tealy sort of leaves all around it. Um, but there's a very distinct large tree, um, that is repeated. And so the width of the panel, when you cut that tree out to be centered on it is not quite wide enough for me to make myself this kind of garment with just cause it's supposed to be really wide and flowy. How did you discover that? I sewed it and then I put it on and couldn't get it off. <laughs> now was really disappointed. So I didn't tell her this at the time, but it made it look like a giant packet of tree flavored chips. <laughs> I was really unhappy. I just wanted this to be like a quick, fun project that I could wear that day. And I wanted some instant gratification. And I was really upset that I didn't get it. Um, but you know what would have prevented that? If I had followed any kind of pattern or measured myself or measured the garment that I was making. 
Um, it's the Erica way. It's yeah. It turns out when you just randomly cut pieces and sew them together, they may not fit you. <laughs> Fun fact. Um. Anyway. <laughs> Um, uh, so I'm going to put a panel, um, like a four inch panel of a different colored, like a contrast color fabric down both sides to make, make this the, the wider, uh, like flowing loose fitting, um, garment that I had envisaged. Um, so I've been trialing different, uh, fabrics that I already have to see what, what would go in there well. Um, I also contemplated cutting off. So I have a lot of this fabric. I think I had six yards, which is a lot of fabric. It comes in like it's dyed all as one big piece and you get the whole piece when you, when you order it, or at least when Dave ordered it, it comes like all wrapped up and, and like taped and as a bundle and seeing other people working with it, it looks like that's how they, they all come. It's that's the style that this type of, like dyeing technique fabric is is sold in. Um, so I had enough fabric that I could have like, I could have cut another panel and cut it in half and then had like half trees on each side, or I could have cut the borders off and run them up and down instead of side to side like it is on the rest of it. But when I sort of folded it and tried to do that, I couldn't get it to look right. I just thought it looked weird um, to have things running in different directions and partial repeats of things. I just didn't like the way it looked. Um, so I decided a, con a, a fabric, another fabric in there would be better. Um, and I have a lot of batik fabrics because that's always a fabric style that I have really liked. Um, and that is a similar dye technique in that you put a wax resist on it when you're dyeing it. And that's the same thing you do with the Ankara fabric. Um, so I have been playing with those and auditioning those and folding things up. So this thing that I wanted to take me 20 minutes and be able to wear it immediately has turned into like a 12 day project. Yeah. <laughs> um, because then I'm going to have to wash the fabric that I pick so that it doesn't shrink differently than the Ankara fabric, which I have washed and, and all of that. Plus I almost burned the house down by not unplugging the iron. So I sent the iron to my, my mom's house because I was scared of oh, burning my house it, down. It disappeared completely from my house. Yes. Um, so it's very difficult to sew garments without an iron. Um, but it was more important to me that I not do something bad to our house. I apparently deal with stress by not being able to remember anything ever. Um, so I have been very, very forgetful for several months now. Um, but forgetting to turn the iron off is not a good thing to forget. So I decided that the safest solution for that was to just get rid of the iron. Um, so my seams may be unpressed for a while. <laughs> anyway, Dave, what have you been working on? Oh boy, it's me already. Um... Well, I've been working like a crazy person to get uh, Festival Season Box 2 shipped out to everyone. And that's all done. All the yarn has died. All the stuff is put together. They are all in the mail. Um, and I hope everyone enjoys those uh, can be seen. I've also spent time editing Erica's Canna sweater pattern. Um, I'm really pleased with the way this looks. I think the pattern is very cool. Um, you should all go and check it out when that comes out on this Sunday. Um, and then I have been prepping uh, box three for festival season that is coming out. Um, it's actually available right now um, until the 21st of this month. This theme is gross. I've uh, worked with Jen Davies, a good friend of ours who owns Burr Oak Studio, and she recycles knitting needles. Uh, she's also a very avid gardener and runs the outdoor learning center, uh, one of our local school systems. So go and check that out. She's got a um, mini knitting needle um, earring kit for you to make your own with video tutorials 
coming out of this box, plus a skein of my Twisted Branch in a beautiful iris colorway, um, and then a, an art print uh, by myself um, using some inks to make a kind of graphic leaf design, and then a little leaf uh, needle gauge as well. Um, so I'm really pleased with this box, I think it's super cool. Uh, beyond that, in the dye studio, I've been doing some other fun things. I've dyed us two kind of chromatic rainbowy style flags um, to uh, go on the yarn truck. So when we are back out up and running, um, I will have uh, an easier way to tell that we're open where the entrance is. I've got some flagpoles um, and some brackets that we'll be able to put up on the front or, or on the back or side entrances. And I want to put some really brightly colored flags there. So I've uh, got some uh, nylon flags from Dharma Trading um, and dyed those up. And I think they look pretty cool. They look awesome. I really love these so much so that I'm talking to him about how we can use the style of dyeing in his next yarn that he's going to be dyeing. <laughs> um, so those are all done and finished. Um, I'm playing about in the studio now with uh, need to make myself some more time to dye some more feast as i have all of that base in base in um to dye up some more of that and now i'll be looking at the future boxes uh for festival season so i have uh, the next three planned out and they're all going to feature local black artisans which is really cool some great new people to be working with um, I'm looking at what bases I'm going to be using for those, and then at least one, or possibly two of the new yarns that I'll be featuring in those boxes, we're looking at actually developing as full yarn lines. So um, if you pick up the next couple of festival seasons uh, after this one, uh, be watching out for brand new yarns and brand new uh, dye techniques. So I'm super excited about those. We're going to be running a bunch of tests uh, very soon down in the studio. So, yeah. about that. so we'd spent quite a while, Dave and I, chatting about kind of the next couple of months and coming up with themes and um, and ideas for what we're doing. So I'm excited too. We don't, although we have run this business together for almost 10 years, we do a surprisingly small amount of like group work, um, mostly because I don't like it. Um, <laughs> But it is kind of nice um, if we get a few minutes without the kids to be able to talk through things um, and me feel like I'm more involved in the like the yarn dyeing design portion, um, which is which is fun because he does all the actual dyeing. And normally I just get to see the finished product rather than the um, sort of the different steps along the way. And some of that involves me saying, I'm going to dye this yarn line. I need you to design a pattern. Here are the specifications. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he's done with the next one. He's I'm I'm excited. I've got I'm kind of getting back into knitting a little bit. The the whole everything about 2020 has thrown everything off. So I have not been doing nearly as much knitting and crocheting and spinning as I normally would do. Um, and I, I feel like I'm slowly getting back into that. The uh, Castle it's of Dreams. Like you haven't had preschool and daycare and time for you to be on the truck with no kids. Yeah, that, there's that. <laughs> um, but this Castle of Dreams shawl that I have enjoyed doing so much and the beads and just all the things has made me enjoy doing knitting again for the first time in what feels like months and months um it's shocking to me i've gone like many days probably even a full week at a time without doing a single knitted like stitch of knitting which is unheard of for me like that's just that i wouldn't have gone 12 hours without knitting at any other time in the last 10 years or 15 years nearly, i guess yeah a long time 
Um, so yeah, there's lots of exciting things coming out uh, from the Dice Studio, lots of cool new things we're doing there. Uh, we are also um, working on getting some really cool new stuff on the truck. So um, from our very first festival season box, we had the Granola Girl uh, skincare uh, lotion bars from um, JD. She owns Conspire over in Greencastle. We've worked with her quite a lot. We're going to be working more closely with Conspire and actually going to have Granola Girl products on the truck when we're back out um, on Thursday and we'll continue to stock those. So we've got a couple of uh, cool new uh, sets of lotion bars that we'll be putting up and out on the truck and on our online store. Um, we have uh, some soap sets that match those and we'll have some um, shampoo and conditioner bars. So if you are uh, into low waste like us, that's a really cool way of reducing your plastic consumption. Um, and also the, the shipping weights of all of these things that go out. So we'll have all of those cool new things on the truck. All of her stuff is absolutely fantastic and JD is great to work with. Um, I know she's uh, a bastion in our local community for, um, for the arts and for social justice. So um, we're really excited to be working more closely with her and hopefully we'll get some um, some nomad things into conspire very soon too. Um, so check out for more of those kind of things. Um, and we're also excited we are planning on uh, working down the line to get more of the places that we're featuring in festival season, get some of their items on the truck in the long term as we love all of their things. Um, so expect to see more um, kind of varied things on the truck as well as yarn, um, things that are kind of yarn related and uh, kind of low impact lifestyle related uh, coming out on the truck as we expand into um, the next year or so. Yep. So um, expect to see that. We're excited about that. Um, I will be soon uh, putting the yarn back on the truck, hopefully. Um, I've nearly finished my decoupage ceiling um, setup, which um, if you haven't, uh, didn't kind of catch last time, I have taken um, some foam ceiling tiles and uh, lined the interior of the truck roof uh, to cover up all the uh, new wiring I put in there to upgrade our electrics um, and uh, really neaten that up, give us some more insulation so the truck doesn't get quite as hot in the summer. Um, quite as cold in the winter, really help with a bunch of other things like sand dampening and stuff. So I want to get up there, but it's, it's a yarn truck. We want it to look exciting. So I've taken a bunch of um, vintage knitting patterns and magazines that we got from Recraft and have decoupaged the whole lot. Um, so I've got the last couple of tiles to put up and then we'll be working at uh, filling in gaps over the next few days and then that project will be finished. I think it looks pretty cool. It does. I was less of a fan of the, of the whole idea than Dave was, um, but I'm, I'm more convinced as it gets closer to done. Um, I've just got the uh, new stair rail um, to do some finishing on. I've just got to sand that down, stain it, and um, varnish that, and then a little bit more painting on the back of the truck uh, to really make sure that everything is uh, rust-proof and glossed, looks really neat and tidy for the year. Um, a couple of other little bits and pieces here, here and there. I've got to mount the cooling fans that I bought, um, which seem to um, seem to work okay. I need to really need to pull the truck out into the sun to make sure um, that's working how it needs to be. Um, yeah, they're solar powered, so the way the truck is parked right now, it, that side doesn't get any sun because there's lots of trees. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty pleased with all the truck upgrades, and then we'll be uh, when we're back out on the truck. I have um, some kind of some sale items and things that we're going to be putting out as well as. Uh, putting all of our hand eyes back up. There's uh, the gelato will be going out for people to see in real life for the first time. 
so yeah, it's going to be, I'm, I'm really excited about uh, kind of reloading the truck and the upgrades that we've done, um, how much better that will make the experience for you guys and for us. Um, it will be much more comfortable to be in and uh, easier for us to run, I think. So yeah, I'm excited about, uh, I'm excited about how that truck upgrades are going. Um, yep. And then uh, generally around the house, we've been uh, doing some more kind of fun cooking. We haven't fired up the smoker. Um, it's been and, like um, 10 days or yeah. something. It's the longest that uh, we've well, gone. We're starting to get some produce from our garden. We're excited to uh, get some squash. Look like they're going to be ready very soon. Uh, we've got loads of tomatoes on the plants. Um, we have so many. To- I lost my mind with tomatoes this year. I started 24 cells of tomatoes from seed. And then I bought some because some of them didn't make it through the late cool snap. And then I discovered a thing that you can do that I didn't know that you could do until this year because I've listened to 600 hours of gardening podcasts, which is not an exaggeration. (laughs) Um, So when your tomato plants start to go crazy and they're so big and flopping everywhere that you have to like prune out parts of them. Well, if you take the suckers, which is a specific part of the tomato plant, so this won't work for like a leaf, like you have to have the right part of the plant. But if you, as you pinch off the suckers to um, like make your, your tomato plant better behaved so that it will like fit in its tomato cage. If you put those suckers in a glass of water on your kitchen table for like a week, then they start to grow roots. And then if you put them in little like the the little plastic pots that you got from the nursery when you bought your tomato plants originally, put some new dirt in there, then they will turn into fully functional tomato plants like within a week. Um, it's been, it's definitely been less than three weeks. It's probably been closer to two weeks since I pruned. I actually, these weren't even our tomato plants that I pruned out. These were my parents. They're not really gardeners, um, but they decided to do some gardening this year because COVID, everybody has done gardening. Well, they're not really vegetable gardeners. Yeah, they're beautiful, like ornamental plant gardeners, and they have incredibly gorgeous gardens of ornamentals, but they're not vegetable gardeners. Um, they, but they, they don't deal with plants that require any maintenance. They put the pretty flowers in, and then they leave them alone until they overtake everything, and then they move them. <laughs> That's their method of gardening, and it has been for decades. Um, but they got pretty gardens. Yep. So they, I think partially COVID and partially like the kids like to eat. So pop, they, they plant one cherry tomato plant every year and Poppy eats the cherry tomatoes straight off of the plant. And they have gotten none the last two years because she's eaten all of them. So I think that's kind of why they decided to plant some garden this year. Um, but some garden turned into, I think they have eight cherry tomato plants and eight regular tomato plants and 10 pepper plants and squash and a bunch of herbs. Um, so I pruned their tomato plants and got the suckers from them. And I now have in less than three weeks, I now have 12 brand new tomato plants and roots have started to come out of the bottom of the trays. Like they're, they're plants now and they're, they're big because they were big before I pruned them off. Um, so how many, how many tomato plants do we have total? It's getting on for 20, right? Probably oh, it's 20. way more than 20 because there's almost 10. We have, we originally put it's in. probably 30. So if uh, if you hear a kind of squelching sounds later in the summer, that's us literally drowning in tomatoes. <laughs> yeah, we put in 10 steaks for the sauce tomatoes. We have Bromas and San Marzano's. 
Um, and some of those died, but not very many. So there's probably eight still there. And then we put in six stakes for um, the same things that I had started even earlier in the year. Um, so what's 10 plus 12, 22 plus 12 more. So we got, basically we got two source varieties and about uh, 10 or 12 of those total, plus um, some cherries of two different, uh, like some yellow cherries and some red cherries plus um some kind of large slicing tomatoes like and big small boy early tomatoes. girl so um yeah we have a lot of tomatoes um but we also have a ridiculous number of healthy looking cucumber plants um of two types we have lemon cucumbers and i'm so excited for they're called mexican sour gherkins and they're they're also called cucamelons they are tiny cucumbers the size of grapes and they look like watermelons on the outside and i really want some um, we planted those seeds straight in the garden twice and neither time did the seeds the first time they, they grew and then, but and then it got cold they, yeah it frosted and the second time i think some might have germinated and then they either didn't get enough water or something ate them i think Roman stood on them or yeah, our kids trample them. Um, so I'm starting them the third time from seed in seed packets. Um, um, the seedlings are, are pretty. Are pretty. Yeah, we've happy. got. They've got. We've like got some true leaves going. So we'll depend. Yeah. We'll, so we will get cucumbers very, very late compared to when most people get cucumbers. Um, but we have we'll some. Have a, we'll have the lemon ones. Yeah, so. the lemon ones have started to flower. Um, my favorite thing to do in the garden is have as many uh, fruits and vegetables as possible be a different color other than green. Um, that is my one stipulation is, if we're getting a squash, get a yellow zucchini. Why get a green zucchini? Those can hide. Get the yellow ones, you can see them. Um, the same with like beans. I always prefer the purple ones to the green ones. They, they turn green basically when you cook them, but I, you can you can see the, the purple ones um, on the plant. Um, that's my that's my one thing is is pick the uh, pick the color of fruit that is significantly different color to the foliage, and then your life will be way easier. Um, we have done that a lot. We have red beans. The flowers on the bean. We have we have some climbing beans. What are those called? Runner beans. Runner beans. And the flowers on those are bright red. The flowers are really pretty. There's only one of them that has flowered so far, but it's pretty. And then we have bush beans that have been healthy looking and flowering for a while. And we're finally starting to get some actual beans, which the kids are immediately eating straight off of the plant um, that are bright purple. Um, the flowers were a pretty like lavender color and the beans are like a dark, almost like an eggplanty purple. So those are fun. I haven't eaten one yet, but the kids like them. There was only two. There was one per kid. Um, so, and then we've, the, we've managed to cook zero snap peas this year. The, the snap peas didn't do that well because it, it we went from incredibly cold to incredibly hot. Um, so they didn't get that nice spring season that uh, the, the uh, peas normally do well in. Um, but the slow filtering number of snap peas that have been coming off those plants, I think I've had about four. Eric, you've had about yeah, three. Yeah, something like that. Poppy and Rowan have had about 10 pounds each. Yeah. Um, so we're very glad that the kids are enjoying the vegetable garden. Um, and honestly, and if we get nothing, if we get nothing out of it, other than we go outside for a little bit every day and they eat fruits and vegetables straight from the garden, that's okay with me. That's, that's fine. Yeah. I think we'll get more than that. But. They're getting their fruits and vegetables. It's all good. We'll, uh, we'll eat salad we bought at the grocery store when they're sleeping. Well, the farmer's market. The, the farmer's market across the street from us has started up. It's so true. we've gone twice. Um, 
So yeah, we're having- Oh, and I planted corn, sweet corn, on the 1st of July, because that's a normal thing to do. We'll see if we got any. It's yeah, fine. It's it had, fine. I, I did the math and looked at the calendar, and it, theoretically, with the j- days to harvest, it should be ready on September 9th, um, which is way before our last frost date here, so we'll see. Um, so yeah, we've been... Uh, we're being, as always, adventure, adventurous in the kitchen and um, in the garden. So um, I think uh, next um, next month for festival season, I'm going to be putting some of my favorite vegetable season, um, my favorite vegetable recipes as the digital content um, for our um, growth box. So yeah, that's as always fun. We haven't got the smoker out this week, as I said, um, but we have plans it's rained to do a lot some, this week too. to do some smoking of some um, some locally sourced fish that we were given. Um, so, yeah, we're excited to, to give that a go. Um, and yeah, um, other than getting the truck ready and all of the work I've been doing, I think that's that's almost made up for my week wrangling the children a lot. There's been a lot of children wrangling throughout this entire pandemic for both of us. Yes, <laughs> there's no childcare. Um, I mean, there is, a, but we don't want to send them back to daycare with all of the other quarantine stuff that we've done. As a uh, two and a half year old and a uh, four and a half year old, they're a busy group. Yes, but pa- the four and a half year old has learned to swim. She can jump off the edge of the pool and swim to the other side now. So that has been a, a big improvement for the summer. And she designed a winter hat pattern out of fleece yesterday when it was 93 degrees outside <laughs> um, that I sewed for her. And she was excited about until I finished it. And then she wouldn't try it on to let me take her picture because she that's how children are. Okay, so should we move on to what's, uh, where you can find us? Sure. Um, so we will be out back on the truck. For the first time since for the March. the first time since the end of March. Uh, we'll be back out on the truck um, July 9th at our regular spot um, at G's Nice Cream, Timber City Coffee, and Joy's Cakery. Um, that is in Plainfield. We plan to be there um, at 5 till 8 p.m. And we're going to be doing weekly stops there until at least the end of July. Um, what we're going to be requiring with the yarn truck is we'll be asking for compulsory masking. Um, you have to wear a mask if you're coming on the yarn truck and we'll be reducing the number of people who are allowed on at once. Basically, um, if you came together, um, you can get on the truck. Um, we will be staying off the truck as much as possible unless you have questions that need to be up on there. Just letting people kind of browse and helping from the outside. So we're making sure we're staying distant. We're making sure that everyone is is masking. We want to be back on the truck as everyone wants to uh, to come and shop and are kind of venturing out into the world a little bit more. So that's where we're heading from now. Um, if numbers continue to be stable um, and go down. Um, in that's Indiana, numbers of COVID cases. Yeah. Um, we will be venturing a little bit further afield um, going into August, but we'll keep uh, keep you up and um, up and running with that. Um, for right now, I've been doing every uh, well, I've done two, and I'm continuing to do these every uh, two to three weeks. I'll be running Sale Sunday. Um, so the last two have been very uh, popular. We'll be doing this again every couple of weeks. Um, Sunday afternoon at 2 p.m. Um, check out for the announcements when I do those. I will be doing basically a half an hour to 45 minute kind of sale video. Um, the idea is, is I make 26 lots, um, label them A to Z, um, of various different things from the truck. They could be um, 
basically end of line things, um, stuff that we want to run specials on, um, some uh, kind of die samples from my studio. Um, I'm doing various like mystery boxes and, and mini kind of mystery boxes, um, all kinds of different things, um, all at good discounts, um, all kind of unique lots. Um, and basically the first person to tell me that they want that thing, um, I invoice them and you can buy it. Um, so yeah, they've been going pretty well. Um, and I plan to be doing more of those, as I said, every couple of weeks. So the last one uh, was this previous Sunday. It'll probably be um, the second to third Sunday in July that I'll run another one. And who, who knows what I'm gonna uh, end up putting in the next one. I kind of decide close to the time. Um, but uh, some of the things that are going to be going in their sale Sundays are um, yarns that have, we've had on the truck for a long time. They've either been discontinued by the supplier or we're kind of going in a different direction, but they're all good stuff. Um, and then, as I said, some really unique stuff coming out of my dye studio of um, test scans of yarn, um, colorways that I've been playing around with that didn't make it into the final uh, line just because they didn't go with them. And also kind of bases that I'm exploring um, to give you some real cool and unique options. So keep an eye out for that. Um, and uh, festival season, of course, is available. Uh, do go and check those out. We are really uh, proud of our festival season boxes. Um, they've been popular. We're going to keep doing them basically um, as as long as people are still interested in getting them. They uh, allow us to do some really cool new things with yarns. Um, if if you enjoy the yarns that we're doing, uh, those are things that will be expanded to full lines um, in many cases in the future. Uh, we're working with a lot of cool new places um, and cool new artisans who will see more work of theirs uh, coming out on the truck and we'll be more, working more closely with them. Um, I am looking also, um, there's currently a six month uh, subscription option. I'm also looking at setting up a rolling subscription option. So if you can't afford the lump sum all at once, but you know you want to get the boxes every month, I'm looking at how we can set up a rolling subscription option for you there as well. So lots of cool things coming down the line. Yep, and we are very proud to be working with the small businesses that we're working with for these. The the owners, and most of them are very small. Most of them are owned by one person, and they have one employee who is the owner. Um, and a lot of them are people that we've known personally for a really long time. Um, some of them are very involved in sustainability. Some are very involved in um, social justice issues. Some are very involved in uh, sustainable agriculture and supporting their local communities and, and all kinds of different things. So it has been really lovely to work with these people a little bit more closely and help to support them at a time when all small businesses and especially artisans, artisans who rely a lot on festivals and large get-togethers um, to, to sell their wares and have stalls at markets and things like that are really struggling. Um, so if you're not going to shop through us, please consider shopping through, um, through people who are doing good things, uh, that, that you like what they're doing. So yeah, um, do check those out. And if you want to also just, uh, go and check the online store, um, nomadjarnshop.com. I've recently did kind of a renovation and, and um, reorganized to make things easier to find on there. Um, took some new photos of some items. The store is looking really nice and polished. Um, 
Go and check it out. Everything that we have in stock, our own hand dyes um, and all of the other items, uh, $4 flat rate shipping anywhere in the US uh, for no matter how little or large amount of uh, objects um, or yarn notions and things you pick up. Um, we are adding um, stuff on the store all the time um, and playing around with new things well, as soon as we get new products in. Uh, we are still doing our mystery boxes for now, uh, so go and check those out. They've been real popular uh, during the uh, the shutdowns, and we're going to continue having those for a little while um, as people have been really enjoying them. Um, so, yeah, go and check out the online store too. Yep, and we will be out. We plan to be out in person once a week in Plainfield. Um, we will keep a close eye on the, the COVID case numbers and keep doing best practice that we can. Um, uh, but the mask wearing in the yarn truck is not optional for if you choose to shop with us. Um, and finally, check out that Hannah, uh, that Canna sweater when it comes out this Sunday. And also go and check out the other things on, we have on Ravelry. Yep, we have 106 patterns now, I think. Um, and I'm also looking at a way to get those up on our online store. So um, hopefully we'll be able to have those hosted there digitally soon. Okay, we'll see you next time. Okay, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, Ravelry, and our website, knowmyjarchup.com. And remember, in crafting and in life, if you're having fun, you're doing it right.